Hey everyone, I'm Brendan Hill, and this is Forward Thinking, a podcast by Metagy. Each week, I talk to inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. Does your business need PR? That's what I'm exploring today with my very special guest, Liz McKenzie, Head of PR and Communications at Canva. In my conversation with Liz, we cover a wide range of topics, including when your business actually needs PR, how to create your brand story, and the two things that every PR campaign needs to have. Liz also touches on lessons that she's learned from working with Canva co-founder Melanie Perkins, including why being authentic and having a big vision is so important for your company. I always find it extremely valuable, no matter what stage your business is at, to look at the people and companies that are leading in this space. And Liz from Canva is definitely one of those. You're going to get a lot of actionable advice, no matter what stage your business is at. So for any business owner that is about to start their first PR campaign or wants to improve their existing campaigns, this episode is a must listen. So please enjoy this conversation with Liz McKenzie. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So you're currently working at Canva. Can you tell us the story of how you first got into communications and marketing? When I was younger, I was um, approached by a family friend who actually had her own PR agency and she needed help with that. So I was given a very good opportunity to work on some really big accounts. And at that time, I was in Hong Kong working on um, this um, organization called the Society of Publishers in Asia. Right. And being so young, super fresh in the game, mm. I was already working with editors from Time Magazine, The wow. Economist, Newsweek, Wall Street Journal. And before you know it, just got my relationships going and I kept going on. Wow. <laughs> when did you come to the realization that you had a skill to make people take action? I think it all goes back to the messaging that you want to put out there. Mm. I think that's one of the most important things before you kick off any PR campaign or any comms mm. you know, campaign. You understand the objective, whether or not it's to increase sales, encourage someone to go on a website, to download an app. But how do you get them to do that really mm. comes in the form of the story. Right. Or how do you want a person to feel? Mm. So, for example, with Canva, what we try to do is to, you know, educate people that you can actually create amazing designs. Yeah. And these designs aren't just about making things look pretty. They're actually about helping them achieve their goals, whatever that may be. So a business person might need to create a beautiful pitch deck. Mm. A nonprofit might need to create some really beautiful marketing material to fundraise. Or a startup might need to create some marketing material on social. Mm. So it's all about that goal that they want to achieve. And for me, it's around how do we communicate that message to those people to mm. take that action to do what we need them to do. So for any early stage businesses listening, and they've defined their objective, but they're struggling with this story. What next steps do they take? I think what works really well, and from my experience, what I've seen a lot is you have to come from the heart and... Mm. Oftentimes, I would actually ask a person to tell me their story. Right. What motivated them to start that idea? Did they see something? Did they feel, did they actually have that issue themselves? Did they have a challenge that they wanted to solve? 
Mm. And I think once you've got that motivation behind you, yeah. you'd then be able to articulate that into a different messaging for your audience. Mm. So always goes back to why. Why do you need this product, this service? Yeah, I guess Canva is a really good example of mm. that with Melanie Perkins. Very mm. frustrated with Photoshop mm -hmm. and the Adobe suite, wanted to democratize design. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does she convey such an authentic message? I mean... We've all seen her. I mean, she doesn't do too much media, yep. but when she does, <laughs> I mean, she nails it. She comes across super passionate. She always says that she's only 1% done in her mm -hmm. mission. Mm -hmm. How can business owners, you know, tap into some of these lessons that Melanie's putting out there? Melanie has a very, very strong vision. Mm. And everywhere you go, you know, wherever you are and you hear her talk or hear her speak, she can always tell you that her mission is about empowering everyone everyone mm. to design. Wow. And when we say everyone, we mean a person with, you know, different backgrounds, uh, languages, different locations, different, you know, educational, you know, backgrounds. Yeah. And what she really wants to do is, you know, to tell that story of giving people the opportunity mm. to achieve their, their dreams and their mission. I think you just see it because she really believes in that. Yeah. And um, she's just one of the most authentic, genuine people I've ever met. Mm. Um, and you can just see it when you, if you have the chance to meet her. Yeah. So speaking of mentors as well, so obviously mm. it's important to have mentors in your business journey. How do you use your access to such amazing people at Canva? I mean, how do you learn from these mentors and how can everyday businesses find mentors? We have an amazing program at Canva. Right. So basically we have two in-house coaches in Sydney alone wow. where they actually train you or help you with your softer skills. Okay. Um, so some of the my favorite things are around, you know, calm and confidence or mm -hmm. how to give feedback properly and all that. But what we also have is sort of like a buddy mentor system. Right. And what this is, is that, you know, that person would actually help guide you mm. when it comes to, you know, removing roadblocks or obstacles that are there that are hindering you from reaching your goals. So what's really important here is that the mentor actually doesn't micromanage you. It's right. a person that actually gives you advice or what they've been through to help you make a better decision. Mm. And whether or not it's a mentor that you can find in your own organization or somewhere out there, you just got to find someone that has been through what you've been through because they will really understand that feeling you're in right there in that table yeah. when you need that advice. Mm. And you touched on something important, receiving negative feedback. Mm. So you've written a fantastic article. Do you want to elaborate a bit more on the art of receiving negative feedback? Yeah, because I think feedback is often considered as a really dirty word. It's that mm. F word nobody really <laughs> likes. And I think um, we have to always remember that feedback is done mm. Because someone wants things to go better. Yeah. Think about the time that you last felt like you wanted to give feedback to someone. It was because you wanted to fix something. You want to make mm. things better. The problem is, though, when someone receives feedback and they're not prepared, it comes off really aggressive and you, mm. you're unprepared and you just feel like, oh, no, this is all me. You start internalizing it and you start to be um, you know, frozen because you can't take any action from that. Mm. And that defeats the whole thing about giving feedback. So what we believe in Canva and, and, and something that I've hold on in my life as well is that always ask for advice proactively so right. that you get used to that feedback conversation. But more importantly is when you give feedback to others is to give them some preparation beforehand. 
And I think it's just an exercise that you just keep doing and it mm. becomes so much easier. But once you have that warning, people are coming in together to want to be better. It's a conversation that, you know, you can really find value in. And a lot of times, like I said, you start thinking, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. Well, yes, it is about you. Yeah. Well, let's fix it together. Awesome. And are there any stories that you can recall from Canva that have, you know, had a massive impact from this sort of feedback and this process that you guys undertake? So one of the real cool things about Canva is that feedback happens every single day. Wow. So a lot of companies that I've worked with before, you'd have feedback sessions maybe, you know, once every year, you know, when it's mm. uh, time for your annual review. But and becomes day sort of. You know, yeah, and it becomes such a big process with yeah. a piece of paper and you've <laughs> got to check all the boxes, maybe think about yourself, then talk about the other person and all mm. your, get some feedback from other people that you work with. Yeah. But what happens at Canvas, because feedback is so ingrained in our culture, mm. is that we do it naturally. Right. And it happens one, either organically, like during conversation, if I have some feedback to give, I'll just say, can I give you some feedback? Can I raise a question with you? Yeah. But we also do have schedules in place as well. So we do mm. have things like, you know, a mentor might schedule some time with their mentee to go through feedback, like maybe the first 30 days when they've joined the company. Yeah. But the other thing that I really like about Canva is that we do have those processes, like the right software to help us go through that process of um, like reviews. Yeah. But... It's not the mentor that um, kicks off that process. That process is actually kicked off by you. Right. So if I want to get feedback now, I've been with Canva for coming up to two years. Mm. I could actually kick off that process of, hey, I would like some feedback, some real, like a real, real, you know, process feedback. Yeah. So the onus is on you. Mm. And the even better thing about that and something that I'm so passionate about is that feedback does not go hand in hand with, you know, pay rises or right. job title changes or anything to do, you know, whether or not you're performing well or anything like that. It happens to have a separate conversation mm. away from all this other external factors that might motivate someone to rate you differently or, or give mm. you feedback differently. So it's very, very specific to your job role. Yeah, it's interesting what you guys have built. It's almost like a continuous feedback loop in the lean methodology. You continue to iterate at each uh, touch point when you receive feedback. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So a question that I'm sure a lot of listeners are wondering about is when is a startup or early stage business ready for PR? Throughout my career, I've had a um, lot of different startups and you know entrepreneurs coming up to me and saying, you know, Liz, we need PR. We need PR because yeah. we need to get our service out there. We need to get customers and, you know, investors. Mm. First, those are two different audiences. So yeah. understanding your audience right from the start is extremely important. Yeah. The message that you would use for an investor would be very different from a message that you would use for a consumer, someone that would use your product. So going to around getting more sales, one of the things that I've always tried to counsel a lot of these um, entrepreneurs and startups is to make sure you exhaust everything you have in your armor before you actually go out and to do PR. Right. You know, you might have email lists or, you know, you might have friends and networks that would actually, you know, be your first customers. Mm. And I think a lot of times people forget the power of word of mouth. Yeah. So when Canva launched, like we did do a lot of PR, but we also had a lot of word of mouth because mm. once a customer is so happy with your product, they're going to tell your friends. And when that conversation happens, it creates content. It creates yeah. that coverage. Like a journalist might hear about it. 
Mm. It gives you more social clout to be able to talk to a journalist and say, look at how many people are talking about us. Let's have a conversation. I can tell you more about what we're doing. Mm. So I think when you go back to, you know, like whether or not PR can help you get sales or anything like that. Yes, it can. But before you do that, make sure you talk to your consumers first. So if there's any early stage businesses listening at home, they're looking at their first PR campaign. They want to do it in-house maybe to save costs and, as you mm -hmm. said, validate their product with their customer first. Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff can they start off with? There are basically two things that every PR campaign should have. Mm -hmm. The first one is owned media opportunities, mm. which is basically creating content on your own blog or your yeah. own social media networks. Mm. And again, that drives that conversation, becomes a whole loop to get more people talking about you. The other one is the earned media aspect of things. So this is a part where you start reaching out to journalists to talk about new things that are happening with your product or your service. And one of my favorite things of all time that I love doing, I still do it now, yeah. is to find that timely relevance. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is the simplest way is, oh, if it's Mother's Day, talk about what your product or what your service does when it comes to Mother's Day. Yeah. Because journalists at that time would be looking forward to stories to report mm. on Mother's Day. So if it's something around Father's Day, that would be the same thing again. Yeah. Awesome. What's the best way to to reach these journalists? There are a couple of tools that are really handy. So you might want to go on SourceBottle, okay. um, which is an Australian tool where journalists go in there asking mm. for people or experts to you know, give their opinions. Yeah. There's also Help a Reporter Out, uh, mm. which is more of an international tool. And again, there are journalists just always seeking for spokespeople comment. But honestly, just go on Twitter. What, and DM these journalists? Like, a lot of journalists are super active on Twitter. Mm. So when you start finding the right journalists, yeah. you start seeing their messages, their call-outs for expertise. Mm. And I think that works really well. Another really good tip that I have is, you know, figure out who your competitors are. Okay. And once you do that, go online and search who has actually covered your competitor. Right. Who's already written a story about your competitor? Mm. Because guess what? those journalists will probably want to hear about you too. Yeah, and your story is going to be better as well. <laughs> <laughs> so now going to a more personal level, Liz, yep. going to explore some of your struggles at the moment. Mm -hmm. So what's one thing that you wish you were more of an expert in at the moment? Oh, wow. That's a really tough question. Mm. I think um, a lot of times the stories that we put out there, you need a lot of facts and figures to back what you say. Right. right. And what I mean by that is that it's no longer enough to just say, you know, this is where the greatest, you know, mm. online product in the world. Mm. But you actually have to back it up with some of some facts. So I think one of the things I would love to do better in is um, just try to really understand the data in our company. Right. And try to see if there's actually, um, you know, to really put forward a story that is backed by all our facts and figures. Mm. Any facts or figures off the top of your head for Canva? Oh, there are plenty of facts and figures. <laughs> we are um, growing so fast. Mm. We have around 15 million monthly active users now wow. around the world. And when I say around the world, it's literally like 190 wow. countries. And I think there are really about 193 countries worldwide. Wow. 
Um, yeah, and we've they've all collectively um, created like over one billion designs. And that's around 36 designs per second. Per second. Yeah. Amazing. But you see, yeah. like, it's just interesting when you take those numbers and you mm. turn it into, you know, 36 designs per second. Yeah. You actually paint the picture in the person's mind. Yeah. And you go like, you know what? That's a really cool tool. Mm. Maybe I should go on and, and yeah. give it a go. No, it's something we used to do at <laughs> UNICEF as well. Mm. Um, you know, a child dies of malaria every 30 seconds. Mm. So, and the dollar handles as well. You know, $280 can provide emergency care for children, stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, definitely yeah. an interesting tactic. Yeah, it is that analogy, like, you know, how people go like, oh, you can buy this, which is basically a cup of coffee. And it just brings to your mind like, oh, right, mm. why don't I just buy that? Awesome. And what's in your current business black box? What problems are you trying to solve at the moment? I think we're in a really interesting area now for Canva. Like I said, we are growing from strength to strength. But there are so many people in the world who have access to internet who do find a need to design anything. And yeah. we are only at 15 million monthly active users, yeah. which sounds like a great big number. Mm. But when you think about 3 billion internet users around the world, yeah. um, we've still got a long way to go. Yeah. So what's happening now is, you know, I'd love to create more awareness, you know, mm. get people to understand that you can actually, you know, reach your goals and um, use Canva to help you design great things to help express yourself visually. Amazing. Hmm. Any stories that spring to mind of, you know, some people in remote countries using Canva? Wow. Okay. There is a very recent story that really, really touched my heart. It was, I had a chat with a refugee who has fled Syria wow. and is now in the Netherlands. And what she was doing was she was actually teaching other refugees in her camp how to use Canva wow. to find a job. Wow. And it just touches your heart when you think, mm. you know, like that job, sure, you know, you, it's a livelihood, but it's also, it's more than that. Yeah. It's about the family that they're feeding. Mm. You know, it's about finding, you know, like a community that you can like, you know, learn and teach each other things and new skills and thrive in that new community. And like when she finished telling me that story, like I just stood up and gave her a standing ovation. Like I was just Amazing. really, really, really like very happy for her. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to the next section of the podcast, we're going to talk a bit about marketing tools. Mm -hmm. So what's the last tool that was $100 or less that's made a significant impact on your working life? Well, Brendan, <laughs> it would be silly for me to say, mm. <laughs> not say, Canva, of course. I of mean, course. like even the basic version of Canva, which is the free version, We've made it so valuable that, yeah. you know, you've got so many templates to use, to choose from for postcards, presentations, um, social media graphics. And then you've got a huge library of images that you can just select. Mm. And so a lot of them is free, are free as well. Yeah, Heaps of fonts and, you know, you can publish it, you can download it as, you know, whatever format you want and you can just use it however you want to as well. So it's just such a valuable tool. But again, if you want to go, you know, a little bit further and have a better collaboration experience with some of your colleagues or your friends, mm. you can pay, again, maybe two cups of coffee's worth <laughs> um, for a Canva Pro license. Right, right. And what that does is, you know, just it's the same beautiful experience that you have with Canva, mm. but you get maybe like more different functionality. So you have this thing called Magic Resize, which okay. is a simple button that you can turn an, one graphic, which might be um, a poster, into mm. other 
different sizes. So you can have a poster turned into a business card, turned into a mm-hmm. presentation, which is a great time-saving tool. Yeah, awesome. Speaking of collaboration, I wanted mm-hmm. to briefly touch on, you know, what's it like to work at Canva, the culture? I saw that you guys have doubled in 2018 alone, yeah. mm-hmm. doubled in size. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had Mahesh Morali on the podcast as well. He talked about the early days. He was employee number 25, <laughs> yeah. building out that culture at Canva. Yeah. So what's it like collaborating with people that have a shared vision to democratise design? I mean, you're doing so much more. I mean, you mentioned the refugee story, mm. the Syrian refugee that moved to the Netherlands and mm. is helping other people find jobs using mm. Canva. Can you tell us any stories of what it's like to work at Canva and how the culture makes it a special place to work at? Well, Canva... When people say, is Canva one of the best places to work in Australia? Like I can 100% say I'm not biased when I answer yes. Mm. Like I said, Melanie, um, our CEO, has a, a huge vision and she articulates it very well. We're very mm. transparent in how we're going to reach that vision of empowering everyone in the world to design. Yeah. And what's more is that people are giving the responsibility and accountability to you know build that product in a way that would empower a lot of people to design. And when everybody has an impact or can see their impact that they're making into the product, it just changes the pace, changes you know what we care about, all the things that we need to fix, the things that we need to build mm-hmm. um, to make sure that our users have a fantastic experience. And one of the other things that I love about Canva is that everybody's just really friendly and really kind. Right. Like... I'm just myself at work. I could just bring my full authentic self to work. Wow. I would sit next to people that I don't know for lunch because the canvas you might know is that we actually serve lunch and breakfast Mm -hmm. from our in-house kitchen, um, which is amazing. But we have these long benches. What that means is that every time you sit down, there's always someone like on the left or right of you. Right. And you're never alone. Mm. And I love that because, one, you get to meet new people, especially people that you might not necessarily work with on a day-to-day basis. But you're just never alone. It's just that really nice feeling of, you know, we're serving ourselves, we're eating together, we're in this together. And that camaraderie is just amazing. And you can't Mm. put any money on that. Like, it's a very valuable thing. Yeah, amazing. And I think coupled with that, with, you know, trying to go on that vision and, and reach that vision of ours Mm. is game changer yeah yeah and what has you most excited now around pr and marketing well 2019 has been an amazing year for us we've announced our new valuation which Mm. is at 2.5 billion us dollars uh, which is amazing but i think uh, what gets me going is that there's still so much to do and still so much coming up yeah so we've got a lot of really cool product launches coming up soon that's amazing So, Liz, one of the big problems that I see with early stage businesses today, they don't know how to convey their message. They might be in an industry that is traditionally boring to an extent (laughs) and, you know, boring content isn't going to get any type of traction on any platform. Mm -hmm. So how can early stage businesses, you know, turn that boring corporate speak into something meaningful? Okay. One of the first things that any organization needs to do is to figure out what their key messages are. Mm. So the key messages are basically three messages that you would like your audience to go away with. Right. The first one usually covers the what are you announcing? So Mm. are you talking about a new service? Are you launching a new product? The second one is answering the why. So you've got the what just now, now it's the why. Why are you launching the new product? Is there an issue that you're seeing that you're trying to solve? And the last one 
The third message is usually a call to action. What do you want people to do? Mm. So if you think about these three key messages and you try to keep pushing that message out, you'll start seeing that people will start to understand that. But what's interesting is when people actually use super difficult jargon. (laughs) And what I mean by that is try not to use language that your grandma won't understand. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do is start making the assumption that a person that you're trying to reach understands what you're trying to say. Mm. And I don't know about you, but if someone uses a really hard term, sometimes I just nod my head and go along with it and say, (laughs) maybe I'll figure it out later. And I think the best thing about communications is if you can just go super direct, use the Mm. most simplest words you can. You are smart. You don't have to prove it and get that message across the most simplest way possible. Are you a big reader, Liz? I love my books. Any business books that you can recommend to the audience? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it business book, but um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Very popular book at the moment. Yeah, no, it's just some, it really grounds you and helps you to think about what's worth worrying. And I think in a job like public relations, like there's always things popping up out of nowhere that you can't expect or you can't plan for. And you can spend so much time prepping for these kind of scenarios or prepping for that perfect product launch. But you really just have to put it out there. And when you do it, like miracles can happen and magic (laughs) happens. And yeah, and you just realize that you've done a really good job. So I think what that book has helped me realize is, you know, you can't necessarily aim for perfection all the time. So when you have that story to tell, when you mm. really want to go out there and do what you need to achieve, take the baby steps. Yeah. Just keep going. Keep going until you realize that vision. Yeah. So you touched briefly on focus. So there's so many things in our work life, in our business life, coming from every different direction. And one of the companies that you're working with at the moment called Time Chi, they are working on improving our focus. Can you tell us a bit more about those guys? Time Chi is just an, a fantastic product. And I think you really will understand it when you actually see it in action. What they're trying to do is to actually solve the issue of open workspaces. Mm. So at a time where you might be, you know, at your desk yeah. and, you know, someone that, that colleague, you know, <laughs> even though you have your headphones on your ear, they'll tap yeah. you on the shoulder that and they go mean like... <laughs> anything now, the headphones. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. go like, can I have a second of your time? <laughs> mm. Or you might get that notification on, you know, your messenger service or an mm, email Slack. notification yeah. to pop up. Exactly. Yeah. And you just figure out that you can't get things done. No. But more importantly is that you're, we're starting to see a trend or a realization that deep work actually does make a difference. Yeah. But how do you get into deep work if you can't get into the zone? Yeah. So the beauty of Time Chi is that it's a very simple looking device, mm-hmm. but the power behind it is its ability to mute all your online digital distractions, right. whether it's websites, messenger systems, and all that. Mm. But it also has a really cool traffic light display. And what that actually does is a very, very simple method. But what it actually does is that it tells a person when you're in deep work and when to come back. So that's using the Pomodoro method, the 25 minutes? Yeah, basically. And you can change it to whatever way that you work. So you can change it to like 50 minutes if you're usually in the zone for that long. Mm. But because it shows like red when you're actually in that 50-minute zone, you can actually start seeing, oh, green is coming up. Maybe I'll come back then. Oh, perfect. But one of the really things I'm excited about this company is that they also have integrations, the power of integrations. So you can actually start putting, you know, the um, notifications with Slack. 
as an example. Okay. So if you are messaging someone, and if I'm messaging Brendan right now, I can actually see when Brendan will be off his oh, time okay. focus period. Interesting. So I will actually know one when he will probably respond, mm. or two when I can actually go over there and say hello. Yeah. There are also integrations that, that they're looking into with the Jira, for example, which is mm. super helpful when you're an engineer yeah. and you're trying to get through those tickets. And the other thing is with forecasting. So you can start really forecasting how long a project is supposed to take. Okay. Because with all that information from, you know, that is collected with TimeChi, mm. you can start really seeing patterns, identifying these patterns that could help you make those better business decisions. Oh, amazing. Mm. It's a fantastic product. And like I said, you can spend lots of money creating mini offices or mini workstations where people can work at. Mm. Or you can have a virtual bubble. Yeah. Like a little bubble. I won't have to lock myself that. in the podcast studio anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And we'll put everything that Liz has mentioned in the show notes that you guys can find at metagy.com forward slash podcast. So Liz, thanks so much for coming in today, providing all this value to our audience. Really appreciate it. We have a couple of abstract questions that we like <laughs> to finish on. Sure. So the first one is, if you could have a billboard, you could potentially design it in Canva. Ah. You can put this billboard design in any location in the world. Where would you put it and what would it say? That's a tough one. I'm probably just going to do something that's in my job role, um, promote <laughs> Canva. And I'm going to tell everyone, like in whether it's in the US or whatever location it is, that this billboard was designed in Canva. An excellent answer. <laughs> And finally, the last question, Liz, are you ready for launch? Yeah. That's good because you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk mm. and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. Mm -hmm. So what business do you start when you land on Mars and how would you promote it to the new Martians? So because we already have those spaceships in Mars, right, yes. let's take advantage of that mm. and let's actually work on a campaign to encourage the Martians to go and visit Earth. Okay. So we can do a similar campaign that was run by, um, I believe it was um, a tourism board here in Australia, mm. like the best job in the world. Oh, we'll run a campaign yeah. with the Martians to yeah. talk about, you know, having this job on Earth yeah. and to showcase all of Earth's beauty. Mm. And we'll actually put the Martians in there to yeah. go and do that job. And then when that spaceship goes back to Earth, more humans can go back to go to Mars. Excellent. And then more Martians can go back to Earth. Excellent. So Liz, thanks so much for all the value you've provided today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up and how can people get in touch? Um, seriously, if there's any need for graphic design to get your message out there visually, jump on canva.com. Mm. Um, it's freemium product. You'll yeah. find so many tools that could help you get to the next level. Mm. Yeah, and it's definitely an amazing tool and the most recommended by our other guests. So we know that you're not just saying it as well. So Liz, once again, thanks for coming in and it's been fun. Thank you. From Metagy, this is the Forward Thinking Podcast. I hope you got a lot of value and actionable tips from today's episode. If you like what you heard, you can help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you know a business owner who needs help with their marketing, and I mean, don't we all know one of those guys, tell them to check us out. Never miss another episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more about Metagy and get a listener-exclusive three-month free trial, 
visit us at metigy.com forward slash podcast. You can also view all of the resources and tools mentioned in this episode at metigy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, why not listen to some other episodes and join the world's leading community of forward-thinking marketers. I'm Brendan Hill, your first business connection, and I'll catch you next week for another award-winning episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast.